0: i so blessed to be here this evening, and I would like to honor Apostle Andre, together with his wife. Thank you for the privilege to speak to us this morning. And I want to thank God for all of you that have made it possible that I come and share with us. Uh, because um, uh, the Lord has, uh, has beauty out there. Amen. He has um, raised up servants, men and women. And it takes God, I think, a lot of time to invest in someone. And I believe that uh, uh, 36 years, uh, no, 38 or so years, God has done so much to invest in me. I gave uh, my life to the Lord in 1979, and uh, I was about 15 years old. Please don't begin to work out my age. you are believers, just believe what I say. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Don't do any calculations eh? <laughs> okay, so I, uh, I gave my life to the Lord at that age, and I've never regretted one single moment. Uh, 1980, I received the power of the Holy Ghost, and it was a phenomenal experience, and I would like to share with you in the process of preaching. Praise the Lord. Um, I hail um, from somewhere in Africa where there's a trigger, and <laughs> that's Kenya. And um, I've been in this country for many years, uh, since 94, but I used to come during the transition when, there was, uh, when South Africa was changing from the previous system to the current system. Uh, all these systems are systems created by men. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Uh, but God has given us power to stand in the gap. And I think as a church, when we come to a realization that we've been given that authority, we will be, we have the power and authority to change destinies. We can decide who should be a president and who should not, but only with the consultation with God because it's Him who allows some leaders to come to power. He even allowed Adolf Hitler to, <laughs> to be in power in, uh, in, in, in Germany. And so he allows both terrible and good leaders for a reason. Um, however, we can also enter into a consultation with him and argue with him and tell him, Lord, this time we are tired of corruption. Now we want something better. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Um, Amen. <clears throat> The most important thing is that I'm born again, spirit-filled, and I love Jesus, and uh, uh, I cannot exchange him for anything. Don't mind if I'm putting on a jacket, because as I was telling the ladies the other day that a jacket is a man's handbag. So, so maybe I'm standing here, and I'm hiding my own paraphernalia here, so my own things here. So praise the Lord. I don't want to be jumping down there all the time. Um, also, I want it just to look a bit different, because none of you is wearing a jacket, so I just want to be different. Amen. <laughs> oh, uh, I came with my daughter Joy. She's there. Um, she's uh, only turning 22. The other day, I thought she's still 21, and <laughs> she complained and said, "Dad, you've forgotten that I've just turned 22. You are always saying I'm 21." <laughs> say, "Yeah, when you're young, you want people to say you're old, and when you grow old, you want people to say you're young. That's how it goes." Amen. <clears throat> um, we had a fantastic time. Um, Apostle Andre gave me wonderful lunch. Uh, I don't want to tell you where we went, but it's, uh, it's, it's a very good place. And we had nice fish. And we had a good time to share. Praise the Lord. Um, I would like us to, um, to set a journey of the Holy Spirit. And uh, uh, before we embark back on this, I would just like to tell you that I have seen God do everything. There, is, there are different levels in, this, in the spiritual walk. Uh, one of those levels is a level of, of faith, where you have faith in God, and then you graduate from that level to a level of knowledge. Now, Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. So there's a difference between believing in Jesus and coming to a full knowledge of, of Jesus Christ. I mean, becoming one with him and getting to know God as God. Amen. And you have to know that you're a child of God. You've been called of him out of all of them. Jesus had to come all the way from heaven to die for you and I. And the purpose of him coming was um, so that you may understand him. Okay? Okay. Um, But one thing that was a bit baffling for God, as I mentioned earlier, was why uh, for years he has been trying to tell us not to do one, two, three, but we end up doing exactly what he has told us not to do. And so he decided to send his word into the womb of a woman. The Bible says that word became flesh and dwelled amongst us. Now that word went through the stages that we go through in life, and that word took a report after 33 years of research. I think if it was a PhD, then there were several PhDs. And that word took back a report to heaven and said, the conclusion was, my grace is sufficient. Because it was not easy what Jesus Christ went through. He had to experience over and above everything that we experience here on earth. He knows what it means not to be born in hospital, he knows what it means to be, to, lead, to be born in a shack. You know, a manger where sheep sleep is even worse than a shack, isn't it? Yeah, it's worse than staying in a slum. He was not born in a good fancy hospital like where you and I were born. But I was not born in the hospital. I was born behind the hut. Anyway, my mother went just behind there near the bananas and did her thing. And she came back and... You know, there was no midwife, there was nothing. And here I am, praise the Lord, that's powerful. That's powerful. If you tell the ladies of today to go and do that, they will tell you, you must be joking. Um, Mary, the mother of Jesus, did exactly that. I'm just laying a foundation. Um, Jesus knows what it means to, to, to walk as a royalty, to live as a king. He, When he wanted a donkey to go in Jerusalem, he needed one that has never been written by anyone. So I'm trying to say, he will not have gone to buy a second-hand car like me, like mine. He will have gone to buy a brand new car. Praise the Lord. So he knows what humility is, and he knows what royal life is. And Jesus knows what love is, and he knows what rejection is. He knows what betrayal is. And he knows what it means to be 15, uh, to, to be... be um 21 and without a boyfriend he knows what it means to be 30 and you're not married he knows what it means to be over 30 and you're not married he knows what it means to go without food he knows what it means to go without food for years oh i mean for days he knows what abundance is and he knows what luck is so if you have to receive anyone receive jesus christ if you have to accept anyone that's the man and one time I was talking to philosophers and educated men when I was uh, attending a burial of one of the senior, uh, one of the top politicians in this country. And I was asked to preach in the funeral. And I knew that place was attended by all non believers, mixed religious people from all backgrounds. And I told them one thing. I said, I honor so and so. I honor Muhammad. Yes, that's good. He did a good thing. Yeah. I honor Gautama Buddha. Yes, he did a great thing. A wonderful philosopher. I, talk about, I talked about Confucius, even though he caused some bit of confusion. And I talked about Zoroaster. I talked about all these great, great philosophers. Pla, uh, Plato. I talked about the Greek philosopher. What's his name? Uh, the one, the teacher to Plato. Aristotle, uh, besides Aristotle, the the, the other one, the other Greek philosopher. Huh? Socrates. Socrates, yeah. I said, we've got so many Socrates out here. And I honored all of them. And I said, but all of them came and went. But they never, never died for us. None of them said, I stand in the gap. I take the blame on behalf of everyone except Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Now, um. I want to talk about God, who is the unchangeable changer and his unshakable shaker. He's the immovable mover. He changes lives, but he never he, he will never change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when Jesus walked on earth, people did not understand him. Some have begun to understand after he left, including his own disciples. Now let us now get down to business. My time is running out. Praise the Lord, Give, uh, preachers. We have uh, the gift of continuation, and I don't want to. I want to say the last one, and then you say the other one. Praise God. Let us read the Bible quickly. Will you open with me in the book of John, chapter 14, uh, verse 15? I'd like someone with the NIV translation to read for us, uh, John. 15, I mean 14 verse 15, yeah, I will ask my father and he will give you another advocate. Yeah, Jesus is a great advocate, right? But he was on his way up. Eh? After he had done his business here, he was on his way up, eh? going back to where he came from. This time not with the body that we know, because Jesus Christ was 100% God and 100% man. Amen. So was, he was on his way back to where he came from. That time, he was, he was prepared to put on his glorified body. Okay. I will send you another advocate. That's the Holy Spirit. Amen? That will teach you. He will be your counselor, your guide, your teacher, and he, uh, he will convict you, he will convict the world of guilt. Okay? And I don't want to talk about the, the, the power, or I, I don't want to talk about the functions of the Holy Spirit, but we just want us to get down to the Holy Ghost, and why it's necessary that each one of us, as a child of God, we must have, we must have the spirit of God. We, not, we must be spirit-filled. We need to pray to, to, to for that. Because there's no way we can understand the mind of God and walk successful Christian walk without the power of the Holy Ghost. And as I mentioned earlier, that the, uh, receiving Jesus Christ is powerful. It's like having the authority. But you need the power to execute the authority. You see, if you have the power without authority, trying to apply power without authority is illegal. But if you have authority without power, then you are powerless. You understand? Are we together? You have the authority without the power, you are powerless. Let's take, for example, a policeman. A policeman coming to arrest someone without handicaps and his gun and something that he will make sure that he enforces uh, his authority. Um, if you try to arrest someone who has done jujitsu or shotgun like me, and uh, I will simply give you one gujuro and you'll be down. And I will go because you have got nothing to enforce your authority. But if, if, I, if, I, uh, if, if you have the power, if you have... You've got the power with you. Handcuffs with you. You've got a button with you. You've got maybe a gun. You can you can scare me. You say, "Come on, get down. Your hands up, or something like that." And you're apply, you're using your authority, the crown. Your authority is the crown that you have. Now, your crown is salvation. The Bible says the helmet of salvation is worn here. No one keeps the helmet of salvation on the blessed assurance. You know what I'm saying? You can't keep the helmet of salvation on the blessed assurance. You keep it right here. The devil must see it right here. Praise the Lord. So that's your authority. Now, when you have the authority and you don't have the power, and the power comes, number one, now, this is one of the powers, one of the things, the sword of the Spirit, okay? But it, is, it can be appropriated only when you have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will help you do this, will help you apply your authority will help you, will make the authority appropriate. Hallelujah. So, because you cannot, the Bible says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities, powers and forces of darkness in high places. And you cannot do it without the power. The sons of Sceva tried it and do not what happened. Eh? They were ripped to pieces, eh they said, "Paul, we know Jesus, we know, and who the hell are you? Come here, and they ripped off their clothes, Praise the Lord, so you need the power to appropriate to make sure that your authority that you have becomes relevant. Now the power at the beside the weapons that we have, the power is what 's within us, the Holy Spirit. Amen, because you cannot fight spiritual forces using just physical equipment but you need a more powerful authority which is the holy spirit now you as a human being you are designed in the image of god and his likeness you are given power i mean god breathed his life his breath in you so the most powerful person is the spirit man within you that's more powerful now you become even more powerful when you get the power of the holy spirit the physical man is weak for those who have done martial arts, you understand what I'm talking about. Now, if people of the world, some people philosophers and, 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 and um, people who have delved, you know, the spiritual world is dynamic. The devil is a spirit, just like God is a spirit. And his holy spirit is holy. Holy means different. That's why you as a child of God, we've got different spirits, but we have one Holy Spirit who, in other words, he is different. That's why as a child of God, you are different. You don't do things the same way other people do it. Do things. You don't speak the same way people of the world, people who are not different, people who are not holy, speak. You don't reason and mingle just with anybody. Unless you're on a mission to win them. <laughs> Unless you're on a mission to change them. Hallelujah. But you just don't do anything and act anyhow because you are different. You are a child of God. When you accept Jesus Christ, you become different. That's why he says, be ye holy for I am holy. And when you become holy, in other words, you become different. It means everything about you changes. That's why you'll be misunderstood by even your family you'll be misunderstood by your spouse who does not understand this spiritual dynamics. If you have a spouse who is not a believer, who has not given his his life or her life to the Lord, will not understand you because you are different. You have partook of the nature of God. I mean, you are different, praise the Lord. So, when we receive the power of the Holy Ghost... We receive the power that makes us different. The power that is above all powers. That powers of darkness will have to succumb to this power. Powers of darkness will have to submit to this power. Because this power is from above. So Jesus Christ promised and said, I'm going to the Father and I shall not leave you without the helper. This Okay. This sounds like basic, but let's just look at the... Let's go back, let's go to the book of Acts and, and look at a few points. Acts chapter 2. Now let's look on the day of Pentecost. I want to just mention a few points that maybe they will add on what you know. And if they don't add on, it might be a revelation to some of you. And if it's not, I want God to help you understand in a different dimension. Can, can, we, can someone help me? Because I need, um, I left my glasses in the car to zoom.
1: Okay. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. <laughs> then there appeared to them divided tongues of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues. The Spirit gave them utterance. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together and bewildered me- Bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, etc., and etc., visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts of Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean?
0: This is now powerful. Now, listen carefully. There are a few important points I'd like us to note from that scripture. First point, they were in one accord. Now, first of all, they had to be isolated to wait in one place, which is very difficult these days with our busy schedules. uh, Work, you're employed, some of you are running businesses, and if you tell people, come, let us abide in one place, it's going to be very difficult. And the Bible says, when Jesus left, he told them, wait in Jerusalem. Now, after 50 days, now, those are four sevens, okay? The Sabbath of the Sabbaths. After the Sabbath of the Sabbaths. Now, number seven, you all know that stands for the, is the number of perfection. Now, after the Sabbath of the Sabbaths, he knew that it's going to be you know, it's going to it's gonna be seven times seven perfection, you know? And so he knew that the perfect time had come. The Holy Spirit came at the perfect time. But listen to this. They were in one accord. The purpose of Jesus telling the disciples to gather in one place and be in one accord is because he knew. He knew that we are full of hohos. We as human beings, if we don't stay in one place, we allow all forms of inclusions to come. One little thing, your cat is vexing you, your dog maybe is just jumping and breaking your glass, and your baby is doing this, and you find yourself, say, you know, getting angry. And he knew that if you don't seclude yourself, your mind will not be together because the Holy Spirit is holy. So he wants to come when you are in one mind in one accord first of all with yourself secondly with one another now the reason why he had to do so because he wanted them to receive the power as a collective group and he wanted them because he knew that without the power these disciples were weak and useless look at this disciple these fellows when jesus was around they were really lazy yeah Jesus calls them, let's go and pray. And he comes and finds most of them are sleeping. And he says, you can't even tarry for a night. Why? They didn't have the power. They depended entirely on Jesus. Even many times the Pharisees asked, how come your disciples don't fast like some of us? Don't pray. Don't fast. He said, why must, we, why must the, the bride fast when the bridegroom is around? Disciples... The disciples of Jesus depended entirely on him. They were lazy. John leaning on him, and they were all emotional. Peter, you touch him, you get one stab. You know, you play, one ear is gone, and you play some more, you get a kick. He was a very emotional fellow. You know what I'm saying? And Jesus knew that if I leave these guys here without the power, there's going to be a mess, and the gospel is going nowhere. It's like the work I have done on earth will be useless. And so he decided that I'm going to... I will go to the father, but I'm, I'm going to ask my father. I'm going to ask my father. Look, I, I'm going. My time is over. I've done it. I've collected what I wanted, you know. And, and, he, and he had his full information, his report. He was about to go back upstairs. And he says, I'm not going to leave these guys like this. Otherwise, my work on earth will be useless. And so he said... Go and abide in one place. He wanted them to be in one mind. And he said, wait in Jerusalem. Wait there. Well, you know, I I never, my background never used to allow me to, um, to eat several times in a day, you know, like throw one thing in the mouth. um, Every time, one little chocolate there, a little bit of sweet there, and, uh, and a little bit something there, and a little bit. I used to eat one thing like, I'll eat, sometimes I'll not eat breakfast, I'll just wake up and boom, I go. I'm busy, 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 busy. I remember late in the evening, oh my goodness, I've not eaten. So it's when I eat my dinner, by that time when I'm so tired and exhausted, as soon as I finish my dinner, boom, I'm dead. I sleep. Now, and and I need about one hour. So my mother knew very well, as soon as she gives me food, uh, she knew that I will sleep. So... In my suit, so I might just wake up around nine. I'm still in my suit and tie, and in those days, it was like a symbol of status. Not, not anymore. Praise the Lord. So, um, <laughs> so what happened is when I went to uh, to Europe, um, when I began to interact with the Western world, I realized that these people they eat little by little, and in the whole day they are pecking like like hens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, would you like um, a chocolate? Uh, would you like uh, a sweet? Would you like some ice cream? Would you like? And so I realize that uh, my public opinion is becoming more and more prominent from from a family uh, from a Six Park to a family park, and which is okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, um, what I'm trying to say is that you could not wait in the the Bible says they, they were to wait in the upper room, not in the supper room, you know. They had to wait in the upper room for how many days? Until the power had to come. Hallelujah. But something interesting happened on that day. Jesus talks about fire. And I know that fire is not just designed for hell. F- fire is yeah, yeah, it's for, it's for hell. Actually, it's to destroy the, the devil and, the de- and demons. But fire is also an agent of purification. And I look at you as a vessel of clay that must go through fire to be hardened. Secondly, you are, because God has entrusted so much treasure inside of you, you have to be purified like gold. Fire is designed to purify you. Now, the first thing that came was a mighty rushing wind. Please pay attention to this. Now, follow my order. A little bit, follow my, the, the order of events, how it went. First of all, there came a mighty rushing wind. And I envisage this mighty rushing wind came to collect the trash that was there in the lives of the disciples that was light that can be taken away. The Bible says, every plant that was not planted by my father in heaven shall be pulled out by its roots. So, you know what happened? This, this mighty rushing wind came to shake all the shakeables so that the unshakable may remain and the shakeables had to be shaken and be collected and be kept in one spot one spiritual spot but wait under this fire came after that the bible says it came as cloven tongues of fire and those cloven tongues of fire they, they they had to burn this trash that had been collected out of the disciples In other words, their old nature had to die for them to be prepared for the mission that Jesus had had called them for. The Holy Spirit will come and sweep away your old nature. The Holy Spirit is designed to clear your trash. To clear the hojos of the past. We come to Jesus with all the hojos, isn't there? Which is perfect. But we cannot serve him carrying these chokos around with us. These chokos include our past pains and, and our bitterness and our unforgiveness and our anger and, you know, and, 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 and all the things we did. You know what you did. You know what you did before you came to Christ? So don't ask me. You know, you know that thing you did. So, all these things could be imported into the new life, and it would be a deterrent or a hindrance for the disciples to move forward and do the work of the gospel. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, Jesus had to allow, you know, God allowed the mighty rushing wind to sweep away to shake the unshakable. I mean, to shake the shakables and leave the unshakable. The cloven tanks of fire came to burn everything that is not of God inside the disciples. And the Bible says, and he gave them utterance. Saints, you know, you might say, where is he getting that? This is called exegesis. We have to expound the scripture. Now, they came, and, and, and after that happened, the Bible says... And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of the Lord gave them utterance. They began to speak in other tongues. Look, I'm sure there were Tosas there, Zulus there, and, and, and people from uh, Western Cape, and, you know, Shangans and Sutus, I think they were all gathered there. Okay, and the Bible says as they began speaking, Andre was there. He was there, he, you know. He never learned Shangan in his life, but he had these Shangans, he, he knows Shangan people. But the Shangan began to speak English, and they have never learned English in their lives and the language. And then, and, and then um, Andre said, Are these not Shangans? But they're speaking English, that's my language. You know what I'm saying. So they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. Now, the utterance they received was from the Holy Spirit. Now, that was the true manifestation. So saints, speaking in other tongues is just an evidence that you are full. It's just a proof that you are full, that you are loaded now, that you are packed. It's an indication of overflow. You begin to bubble in other tongues. I'll give you a short testimony, and uh, um, you'll see it in the same light that I did. When the Spirit of God comes upon you, your own tongue will change. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit, look, a spiritual life is so diverse and so broad, there is no time limit. That's why the Bible says 1,000 years is like a single day. One day is like a 1,000 years in the Spirit. And so, they began to speak in tongues, not as someone taught them. They spoke tongues that they knew not. And after that, the Bible says, when the disciples stood up from there, after persecution... I'm telling you they were unstoppable. When the disciples went out before, before uh, while Jesus was still alive, they went and did one or two things and they came back and said, "Yeah, man. Woo! Even demons obey us." And Jesus said, "Don't rejoice that demons obey you. Rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb book of life." Praise the Lord. He gave them a foretaste to what they were going to experience when he's gone. He knew that what they did was not sustainable. It could only be sustainable when they get the power of the Holy Spirit. And the power of the Holy Ghost will will propel you. He will drive you. He will give you the charisma. He will give you the courage. You will walk in authority. You will fear nothing. You'll be bold like a lion because the lion of Judah is inside of you. So you need him. And what is the best environment for the Holy Ghost? You need to be in one, my, one accord with yourself first. Amen. Be in one accord with yourself first. Let me give you these two testimonies to crown my message. One, when I was still in high school, After my pent, No, let me begin with my personal experience. As I mentioned, we use God works with discipline. We used to meet in the evening, praying and fasting, every evening. Every first 10 days of the month, we used to pray and fast. So one evening, I received a Pentecostal experience. And this Pentecostal experience is how it came about. I was kneeling down, desiring because I had been fasting for ten days, and I needed the power of the Holy Ghost. And in those days, we were praying without with zeal, but without without um, we had the zeal, but without wisdom. So I was praying, and I was trusting God. So I knelt facing the wall, and I was praying. And suddenly, I felt like I was kneeling under a huge oven, as though, you know, like I was under a big oven of fire. And I felt like I was naked. I felt totally naked. And my whole body was soaked in sweat. I was soaked, like my clothes were sticking on me. This was six in the evening. And suddenly, my tongue changed by itself. We were there with my brothers and other brethren that we used to pray with. Suddenly, my tongue changed. And I found myself speaking a language like I spoke a language that sounded like Arabic. And I had something like a voice telling me, now you're speaking Arabic. And when I heard that voice saying, now you're speaking Arabic, my tongue changed. And... I began to speak another language, and I saw things like lachea, uha, leche, and all that. And, and, and I spoke for a long time, and I heard a voice telling me, you're speaking Hebrew. And when I heard that little voice telling me, you're speaking Hebrew, my tongue changed again. And I began to sing songs. And I heard a voice telling me, you're singing angelic songs. And when I was about to stop, it was already 6 in the morning. Remember? I was on my knees at 6 in the evening. This experience felt like it lasted for 30 minutes. Meanwhile, it had lasted the whole night. <laughs> I, I was, it was 6 in the morning. I woke up. I was alone there. When I opened my eyes, I was alone. People went to sleep a long time ago. That told me that spiritual things have no time limit. That's why God lives out of time and out of space and out of matter. You cannot contain him in matter because he created matter. You cannot contain him in space because he created heaven and earth. And you cannot contain him in time. He's not limited with time. Because one day is like a thousand years. Now, that makes you wonder. When Jesus said, I'm coming soon, and it's been 2,000 years soon. How soon is soon? That tells you maybe he's been away only for two days. On the third day, he'll be coming back. Praise the Lord. Maybe before the third day. Eh? I'm coming back soon. 2,000 years ago. Soon. It's 2017. I'm coming back soon. Just maybe two days and some hours (laughs) in the spiritual realm. Praise the Lord. So, saints, this is what happened to me. I woke up at 6 o'clock, and one, one fantastic thing is that I did not want to stop speaking that, those languages. I, I went searching for the one I spoke first. And it's like, I didn't want to stop talking. And, 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 and in the whole area, I felt like I was on top of everything. I was, it's like everything is under me. Everybody was under me. Speaking in tongues the whole day. And when we went to the village, we began to evangelize to some witches, women who are witches in the area who are keeping snakes. And we were pointing fingers at the snakes, and the, the snakes will coil and die. And, and you know, these pythons, eh? they store them, they keep them for witchcraft. And so we'll tell them, we command that. We, we had so much zeal and power, and those snakes were dying. And the witch will shake, and we'll take advantage of her shaking, and we'll tell her, if you don't give your love to Jesus, you're going to die like your snake. She said, okay, okay. We were little rascals, terrorists of the spirit, spiritual terrorists in the area. And that's the truth before God. Right? That's the, we were terrorists, spiritual terrorists. And so many people gave their lives to the Lord until today in our area. So many of them stood and uh, some of them gave their lives to the Lord out of fear, but they are, uh, <laughs> they are seeing the Lord anyway. <laughs> and uh, I was sharing with the prayer group uh, how we, we executed terrorism also in the city of Nairobi. Uh, it was, uh, we were spiritual rascals, I should say, when I was raising up intercessors in the bush, and uh, we, we, at night we raised up youngsters that were filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, that were not afraid of anything. They would walk in the city, uh, shutting down all the nightclubs and shabins. We say, you are the ones spoiling our young people. We shut you down, and we declare that you are bankrupt in Jesus' name. And I'm telling you, Kenya breweries became bankrupt. It's only South African brewers that bailed it out later, many, many years later. Because all the shabins were closed in the city, and they were turning into churches. And I'm telling you up to now, we still have fire still burning in the city of Nairobi. People go to church morning, in the morning, they're in the church. uh, Lunch hour, they're in the church, you know, just, you know, uh, how many minutes am I left? Praise the Lord. They were in the church 24-7. In the evening before they go home, they're in church. Lunchtime, they're in church. So we were spiritual rascals. When you get the power of the Holy Ghost, you become unstoppable. You become powerful. You fear nothing. Hallelujah. When the disciples received the power of the Holy Ghost, they were not even afraid of, of persecution. If you don't have the power, if one person comes and gives you one, one on, the, on the cheek, you are saying you are a Christian. Damn it shut up never say that thing again and you say okay 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 i won't say it again all right all right but if you have the power of the holy ghost you get that slap and you say come on you've got another side to slap and and they and and they kick you and say come on i'll never stop talking about jesus christ when you have the power you'll not be afraid of anything if you have the power you'll not be shaken by anything because you cannot be stopped you know, it's one thing talking about the power and another thing walking in the power. Walking in the power is knowing who you are and whose you are. If you know whose you are, know that you are born of God. And the Bible says, whoever that is born of God overcometh the world. When you are born of God, you shall overcome the world. The world shall not overcome you. When, you, when, when they fire you at your place of, of work, you sing a song. You give the devil the the negative reaction from what the devil expects. Eh? When you're fired, you say, "He lifted me up from the deep Marie clay, and he planted my feet on the king's highway." And that's why that's the reason I sing and shout. You know this that song that we sing a lot. When when when, when they. <coughs> When they retrench you, it means they are trying to take you back to the trench where Jesus found you. <laughs> you cannot say there. He lifted you up from there. Praise the Lord. You, you give the devil a negative reaction, the opposite of what is expected. Yeah, I was sharing with some this brethren in the, in the, in the, in the fellowship. I said this man of God, Leodon, was um, full of the power of the Holy Ghost, not shaken. But uh, God help his soul. Uh, later on, I don't know what happened. But the days when he was him, when he was him, he was so dun- dynamic. One time, he comes from a prayer preaching, like, like uh, a, a, a prayer meeting. He had finished preaching. He comes home, and then there was clatter and clang in his house. So much noise in the in the lounge and po- pots, and in the kitchen, pots are falling down, glasses break, breaking. Clatter and clang, bam, bam, bam. and then he, when he walked down from his bedroom, he comes down, he looks, and he doesn't see anything, and he switches off all the lights, and he he tiptoes, looking who was breaking things in my kitchen. He saw nobody. He went back to the, to his bedroom to sleep, and again he had bang, 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 and glasses are breaking, and then he. He walked tiptoe and came down again to look. Where is this noise? What? what who's, who's messing up my house? And he saw nobody. The third time when he had that clatter and clang, he prayed and said, Lord, open my eyes to see who the hell is this. And, 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 and this time he came and the Lord opened his eyes. And when he looked around, behold, the man with the, horn is the devil. And he says, oh, So, it's just you. So, he ignored the bloody devil and walked upstairs and went and covered himself and slept. So, the devil was so like, it's like, I expected a better reaction than that. And the devil just didn't make the mess anymore. He just left. What I'm trying to say is this. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. Some of you, the devil is just a pussycat with a, with a microphone and a big speaker. The devil is nothing big. Um, so I don't why some people get scared of this devil when they have been given power. Yes, when you don't have the power of the Holy Ghost, you'll be scared. He rolls like a lion, but he's not a lion. You have the lion of Judah within you. Praise the Lord. And when he tries to make that sound, yeah! instead of you moving, as say, you just say, "Yeah." now, instead of you moving backward, let the devil move. You are diverse towards him until he takes off. Praise the Lord. You cannot take that move without the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So, um, I see that when the Holy Spirit comes, he comes in the form of fire. He's a, a blazing fire. And it is that fire that makes the devil flee. Praise the Lord. Because fire was designed to finally and eventually, yeah, finish up the devil with his business. Eventually, when all is done. And so the devil fears the fire. So when you have the power of the Holy Ghost, when you speak, fire comes out. Who say that the dragon is the one that speaks fire? It's all fairy tales. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The power comes from above. So we need him. The Bible says, and he manifested as cloven tanks of fire, of fire and, he has, and he gave them utterance and they began to speak in other tongues now that's very powerful and that's very important that the spirit of god will give you utterance now we will be in the evening we'll be looking at why is it necessary to speak in other tongues and besides we, are, we shall also look at the functions of the holy ghost according to the scripture are they practical are they happening in our lives or not so um When he gave them this utterance, you will find, you don't need me to come and say, and hold you and say, say, Shanda, Shanda, Shanda. Say, Rababa, say, Kuri, Kuri, Kuri. (laughs) No, I don't have to teach you that, because I am not the Holy Spirit. He will will give you utterance. He will give you utterance. You will find it happening. The Holy Spirit does not come upon you unless you are ready for him. If we find that your mind is too busy and your, your heart is continuously troubled, you are not ready for him, he will not descend into your heart. He is holy and he wants to come into a heart that is clean. That's why Jesus told them to wait in the upper room. To avoid the distractions. To be free from any form of destruction. Destruction. To be free from any form of interference. Jesus wanted them to be in one accord, to be in one mind. Now, as a church, we can do so much if we are always in one accord and we're in, of one mind. So when we begin, when we run this week, Pentecost week, this Holy Ghost week, we have to prepare ourselves in the heart so that because we want to walk in power and in authority. Once the power of the Holy Ghost is functional, in, I mean, we are moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. I know we have Jesus. We have the power. We've got authority, but we need the power. Once we begin moving in that power, there's going to be multiplication. There's going to be increase. Because the Holy Spirit will teach us everything. He will guide us. He will show us the way. And you'll not need to be emotional anymore. Being emotional is natural. You're a human being. But when you get the power of the Holy Ghost, and you begin to move in the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll begin to do the will of God the Father. He will prompt you. He will not allow you to slide and be out of track for too long. It's like when you take your foot out, you say, hey, remember? You're not of this world, so don't behave like the people of this world. You say, oh, sorry, sorry, Holy Ghost, and you come back on track. That's that's the power and the function of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yes, and and when you wake up in the morning, the Bible says he intercedes for us. He, 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 he lays petition in the presence of God on our behalf. And when we begin to pray in the spirit, we'll begin to see things happening. <laughs> you need the Holy Ghost to edify you, for edification, self-edification. Sometimes you want to pray for, for this brother, personal things, personal things. And you don't want everyone to hear because they are personal. And, and you don't want everyone else to hear. Because if you pray in English, everyone will hear what you're trying to tell God. Because the Bible says the Holy Spirit will also help us to intercede. He intercedes for us. Praise the Lord. And when we pray in other tongues, we can speak mysteries. The Bible says we utter mysteries. So I want to pray for this brother. Personal issues. As the Spirit of God is leading me, and these personal issues, I don't want, they could be embarrassing. I don't want everyone to hear. I will pray for him in tongues. I go around and say, And and, and the devil does not understand that language. That's one thing that God has done. He has kept those spiritual tongues as a mystery against the devil. The devil cannot hear it. Hallelujah. Yes. Sometimes the Spirit of God will prompt you to pray for someone. And, 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 and even yourself, you don't know what you're praying for this person. And the Spirit of God is the one interceding within you for this person. And, and you'll speak in other tongues. And, and this tongues is like fire that, gets, that will confuse the environment. Let me tell you something, saints. For the last time, if I don't say this as the last point, I'll try and. The devil cannot. The devil is not all-knowing. God is all-knowing. Hallelujah. So the devil cannot read your mind unless you verbalize what you are thinking. The devil is not all-knowing. God is all-knowing. The devil will not read your mind nor what you're planning unless you verbalize it. Once you verbalize it, you give him a weapon in his hand to use it against you. That's why when you guard your your mouth, you are guarding your life and the life of many other people. If you're always saying, I am sick, and tired. You will actually be sick and tired. You have just given the devil a weapon to use against you. You can't say, I didn't mean it. The Bible says we are ensnared with the words of our own mouth. If you say, my disease, you, name, you make it yours. <laughs> Once you make that condition yours, it will be yours. The devil will make sure that he he really rubs it in. (laughs) Because he hears using your own mouth. And he will use those words before God to accuse you. The Bible says he is an accuser of brethren. He will use those words. He says, I didn't say it. God, you are blaming me. She said it herself. She said heart disease well i gave her but she has possessed it now you yeah it's me who gave her the disease and you allowed it but uh uh, yeah you didn't you watch me giving it to her he's an accuser of brethren so don't use your mouth inappropriately if you know that what you are saying might ensnare you so when you pray in other tongues what you are doing is that you are speaking mysteries unto God and you are edifying yourself. You are uttering those mysteries unto God and it's for self-edification. Sometimes you can, you can be talking to God about somebody and no one else will know. That's why I say intercessors, you have to talk to God about people do not talk to people about people. You've not been called to discuss people, to talk people, to talk to people about people. If you talk to people about people, that's called gossip, it's not intercession. Hallelujah. Yeah. <sighs> Man of God. Thank you, Jesus. Um we are almost reaching the terminus of our message. I don't want to go any farther because I can preach for three days nonstop. Um, And that's true, eh? That's very true, eh? Yeah, I always go for a crusade for 14 days every day I'm preaching, and I don't feel anything. Just keep on preaching. Um because I've got the power. I'm powered by the Holy Ghost. You know, this engine is powered by the Holy Ghost. Yeah, it's a powered engine. Um, So to appropriate the authority that we have in Christ, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need His Holy Spirit. I was sharing with uh, Pastor Andre, and he told me that he never knew he preached about the power, but he, he did not come into a true encounter with the power, and the wonder-working power of God. And when he came into a true encounter, he began to say things differently. He was counting the number of people who have been healed over a period. Now they're ranging in thousands. But it started with one or two and three, but now it's ranging in thousands already. When, he, when you come into a true encounter with God, I'm telling you, you'll stop living a contemporary Christian life. And I told the brethren the other day in a prayer meeting That we need to come to graduate from a shallow Christianity. It is boring. When you're just a shallow Christian, you are either in deep, powerfully, or uh, stop fluffing around. Because Jesus said, you're like someone who is lukewarm. 50-50, he will spew you out. Listen to me. Even for couples who are married, eh? I speak as an apostle. Don't give 50 50 into your marriage. 50 plus 50 is equal to 2 in the spiritual realm. But 100% plus 100% is equal to 1. And the Bible says, and the 2 shall become 1. So don't put in 50. Put in 100%. And let your spouse put in 100%. And you'll find 100%. That will be the answer, not 200%. Hallelujah. So, giving everything and let the other spouse give in everything and you'll ha- you'll be one but if you give 50 50 uh oh <laughs> where are you leaving the other 50 eh why are you giving 50 where are you leaving the other 50 you'll be two hallelujah so it doesn't work like that the spiritual mathematics does not work like that it's 100% plus 100% equals to 100% now I would like us to to know that with God we have to give in the best that we have We have to give ourselves, give our lives, and let his Holy Spirit take over our lives and we'll walk as powerful and successful and dynamic Christians.